Hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Personal Finance. My name is Eric Ramos, graduate assistant here in Finance and Accounting Services, and I'm glad to be back after a short hiatus. Life has been so crazy with school, work, and all the great things that life brings, but I'm glad to be here to be able to highlight our wonderful staff members. In this issue, we have soup, crayfish, dogs galore, and a great spotlight interview with Melissa Twaits. Let's get started. Let's get started with some staff shout outs. We have quite a bit today just because we have October and November to go through. So let's get in. Katie Bell and Kristen Brubaker, you have been such a tremendous help while I was out of office for three weeks. Thank you for your help. From Kate Dudley. Thanks to Cameron and Scott for taking the initiative to create an IP ADC heat map by day of week upon seeing some manual reports that I had pulled together. Really cool results and so helpful. Thanks, Marianne. Shout out to Brandy and Paige for working hard on a late Friday afternoon with last minute requests from me for updated October inpatient trends versus budget. Really great report created and super timely. We're lucky to have your expertise on the finance team. Marianne. Thanks to Marla and Nicole for the excellent work they have done in unraveling some of the changes in the master plan capital budget to ensure leadership has the most complete and accurate data set to drive decisions. With both of them being fairly new to finance, we're really lucky to have their drive and curiosity on the team with the challenging tasks that have been thrown their way. Marianne. Shout out to Brenna for creating a new version of an old report called the Mopar that has helped our leaders see their budget on a monthly basis and filter the data in a variety of different ways. Great work, Marianne. <laughs> Great work to Jennifer and Ashley on rolling out all of the CCOM, Carver College of Medicine, rolling forecast files manually for now. A lot of effort goes into ensuring those files are complete and accurate, and a lot of time goes into supporting departments as they complete the forecast. We appreciate all your work. Marianne. Big thank you to Brenna Kirker for her amazing Excel macro skills. The macro was used to pull apart a couple ugly Excel files to be utilized in the new and improved B reports. Thank you to Nick Rockford, Melody Kramer, Aaron Hamer, and Angie Slaughter for assisting me with a big workflow project. Your help is greatly appreciated. Darcy. Thank you to Austin Ryan and Angie Slaughter for the informative and fun team meeting. These have been a great way to keep our team in sync while working from home. Big kudos to Sabrina Garrett for being that solid rock every accounts payable team needs to ensure smooth sailing. I am so thankful for your organization and mad data entry accuracy skills, 99% plus plus plus. It makes reviewing the UICMS LLC and UICMSA LLC checks run each week so easy peasy. Thank you to Taylor Beardshear for all your help with the cost report and for training you provided over the last few weeks. Good luck with your new role, Brian Ludke. Big shout out to Mary Short for being so understanding earlier this month. You're the best, Tim. That concludes our staff shout outs. We have some upcoming birthdays. On December 7th, we have Nick Rockford, December 10th, Melody Kramer, December 15th, Nathan Barnes, December 28th, Ruth Med. January 11th, Kate Fiala. January 13th, Aaron Strike. January 20th, Lori Leakey. And January 25th, Beth Jagers. Those are upcoming birthdays for December and January. In addition to birthdays, we also have some great events coming up put on by our staff engagement committee. 
currently the food drive is happening it started on november 28th and it's going to go through december 15th um bring any food items and drop them off in cubicle c30 um that's going to be right in front of austin ryan's office if you know where that is um if not you can bring them to mitchell or i um right in front of mary ann's and beth's office if you don't know where that is and we will gladly take it to the cubicle for you um we will conclude that event with mini golf and pizza on thursday december 15th so we'll be creating a mini golf course out of the items donated and then we'll be doing that from 11:30 a.m to 1:30 p.m on thursday december 15th we hope to see all our on-site and off-site staff as many of you guys who want to come there and um, we hope to just have a great time with all of you some ideas of things to donate to the food drive include canned goods, peanut butter, cooking oil, spices, um, cake mixes, um, different things to just make across a person's um, day for celebration, just everyday eating. Those are all going to be things that we would love to have you donate. Um, if you need more ideas of what to donate, just shoot Mitchell an email or you can shoot me an email. We would gladly to help you figure out um, different things to donate. Cereal is also a great idea. Um, those are just some items that you know you can consider the staff engagement committee also has christmas movie trivia coming up on zoom on tuesday december 20th from noon to 1 p.m um, Mitchell will send out that calendar invite with the zoom link we would love to see you there for some christmas trivia on zoom in this editions of whoa no way strange headlines from across the globe we have Two people are rescued from a plane that crashed into a Maryland transmission tower. Steve Jobs' worn-out Birkenstocks sell for $218,000 at auction. And the National Park Service wants humans to stop licking this toad. If those headlines intrigue you, you can check out the newsletter and click on those links to learn more. I'm really curious to know what toad they're talking about and why anyone would ever spend $218,000 on used Birkenstocks. Not me. <laughs> Today on DEI, Who, What, Why, we're talking about social determinants of health. The health of an individual goes way beyond the healthcare that they do or don't receive. I think that's something that we're learning more and more as we involve in studying healthcare and the, um, the things that impact people's health. Um, so those things are what we refer to as a social determinant of health. They are non-medical factors that influence health outcomes. They are con the conditions in which people are born, grow, work, live, and age, and the wider set of forces and systems that shape the conditions of daily life. These forces and systems include economic policies and systems, development agendas, social norms, change, climate change, political systems. Um, these are all things that the CDC refers to as social determinants of change. Um, it's super important to understand social determinants of health um, in order to achieve health equity across communities. Um, so understanding, you know, why someone who has lower educational attainment may not have as good as... Um, as good as healthcare outcomes as someone who does have a higher educational team it's important to understand to achieve health equity as well as you know why someone with the higher socioeconomic status why they would have an easier time receiving health care or just being more healthy in general um, because usually someone with a lower socioeconomic status may not be able to afford to go to the gym may not be able to afford higher quality foods and those are all things that affect your health care and also another one of the social determinants are neighborhoods and well-built environments um it's not uncommon to know that um 
vulnerable communities often live in unwalkable communities, communities that they can't walk in, which leads to a decrease in exercise. Um, they traditionally live in food deserts, which means that they don't have access to fresh produce. Um, so understanding all these things, known as the social determinants of health, is super important um, to really understanding uh, why our community's health is the way they are and to really advance health equity in the healthcare space. This month on HSSB Cribs, we're highlighting Erin Rugg. Um, you can go ahead and see the photos. She submitted three photos to us of her home office um, that she wanted to highlight. Um, the top photo in the newsletter is a picture of her desk. She says, my desk is pretty simple and mostly necessities, coffee and 100 pens and artwork from years past. The medals in the background are our boys and I do several, have several of my own from running half marathons in the past. Um, the bottom left photo that you'll see in the newsletter is a sticky note on her monitor. It says, this is a note that our son placed on my monitor a year ago. I've kept it there ever since. Um, so it's a beautiful note of her son expressing his love for his mom. You should go check that out. On the bottom right photo, we have um, two doggos that says, our Mabel and Zoe, usually one or both, are laying on my feet at some point throughout the day. So you want to go check out the photos of Aaron's crib. Go check that out in the newsletter. Um, when we asked her, what is your favorite thing about working from home? She said, I enjoy the quiet and I have quite a drive. So being able to spend more time with my family is a huge benefit. The boys are in middle school and activities start at 4.30 p.m. and are all of half an hour to hour south of Washington. Working from home allows me to put in a full day's work and take less time off to attend the events. What is a fun work from home story that you would like to share? She said, as you can see in the picture, my chair is on its last leg, not very often, but sometimes it will randomly sink to the lowest position. So if you are in a Zoom meeting with me and it looks like I'm sinking to the floor or riding an elevator, this is why. Maybe Santa will bring me a new office chair. I hope so, but Aaron, I hope they bring you one. <laughs> and you want to check out Aaron's crib again, go check it out in the newsletter for see those photos to read some of her responses. Thank you so much, Aaron. This month on podcast books and more, we have recommendations by Nathan Barnes. He recommended the show Ted Lasso, which is still on my list to watch. I've heard great things. And he recommended some books by Ryan Holiday. Um, he recommended Stillness is the Key and Ego is the Enemy. Those are two separate books. So one is Stillness is the Key and the other one is Ego is the Enemy. Those are both by Ryan Holiday. I definitely have to check those out. They sounded really interesting. Those are linked inside the newsletter if you want to go ahead and check those out on Amazon. Thank you, Nathan. This issue for the pet show, we have the pets of Brandy Woods family. They have a crayfish and two dogs. Gary the crayfish, she said, he came to live with us last spring after being a pet to my son's third grade class. Gary has a unique personality and always knows when it's feeding time. He's molted quite a few times since we've had him, so I think he eats very well. Gary lives in his own aquarium as a crayfish don't play well with others. Addie and Piggy, the dogs, Addie and Piggy are both rescue dogs that we adopted in 2018 from a shelter in Des Moines. I'm not 100% sure that they know they're dogs anymore. They like to wear sweatshirts, Addie likes to chase bunnies, and runs in the backyard fence with her neighbor dog friends. Piggy likes to sleep a lot and sleeps cuddled up with our youngest son at night. When school was online, Piggy attended many classes with the kids. On days I work from home, Piggy is always laying near my desk. Make sure you check out the pictures of Gary, Addie, and Piggy on page 5 of the newsletter.
In this issue for Bon Appetit, we have a recipe shared by Katie Bell for a healthy chicken taco soup. Um, there's a slow cooker option and a stovetop option. The ingredients look super simple, just some boneless chicken, onion, um, garlic, some canned, three types of canned beans, corn, diced tomatoes, some chicken broth, and a taco seasoning. You can just throw that on the crock pot for four hours. Or you want to make it stovetop, that's also in the newsletter for you to read how to make it stovetop. But it looks delicious, um, so you can go ahead and check that out in the newsletter letter thank you katie bell for submitting that recipe i'm glad to try it out this week it's time for our staff spotlight and this month, I'm really excited to highlight Melissa Twaits. She's a senior specialist of payer relations here in our team. We had a really great conversation where I got to learn about her, and I'm really excited to share that conversation with you all. So let's get to it. Okay, Melissa. Um, so welcome. Thank you for being our staff spotlight this month for Let's Get Personal Finance. I hope you're excited to be here. <laughs> very excited. Good, good, good. So let's just start by just telling me a little bit about yourself. Just, you know, what are your chosen pronouns and your current job title? Um, so my pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, my current job is a senior specialist in pair relations. And I've been in that role for gosh, like 15 years or so, um, in a pair relations department. Um, so I enjoy it. <laughs> um, and I've been doing it a long time working with Megan the whole time. What type of things do you do in that role? So we do a little bit of everything. Um, we do um, a lot of uh, relationship management with our payer community. Um, and then we work on the contract documentation that outlines the um, you know, expectations and terms of, of the relationship and the financial um, aspect of that, the rates that we get paid. And we work with uh, Medicare Advantage, Manage Medicaid, um, and the commercial payers along with special programs. Um, we also help the population health team with value-based agreements um, with payers. So um, there is, uh, you know, in, in contract negotiation, there's definitely a writing element where we review language and propose changes. Um, and then there's the financial aspect of it where we're analyzing rates to determine what's acceptable or not. And then there's the kind of operational um, aspect of that, making sure that we help facilitate um, you know, conversations or help with um, conflict resolution or, um, you know, issues that come up with payers. So a wide variety of, of things, which um, is fantastic because it really keeps my interest. Yeah. Have you always dreamed of working with payers or how'd you land here? Like what did you do in previous <laughs> well, positions? <laughs> I don't know that anyone ever dreams that I'm not, <laughs> girl, I'm not dreaming of, of my future. <laughs> no. Um, I start, well, after I graduated um, from college, I started working in patient financial services in the um, claims follow-up staff for Medicare Advantage or for Medicare, excuse me. And then I moved to the reimbursement verification team when that first started um, under Chris Miller was the kind of director of that um, at that point in time. Um, and we worked closely with the pair relations team and then a position opened up in that area and um, I applied for it and here I am. Okay. So how long have you worked for UIHC? Well, I'm going to date myself, but um, <laughs> 20 years or so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've had a long career here. Yeah, I have. Yep. I'm cool, born and raised. Yeah. Iowa Great. girl and just stayed at the university after graduation yeah did you go to university of iowa yes i did yep okay yep. where are yeah. you from are you here from iowa city no i'm not from iowa city i'm from a small town manchester it's kind of um between waterloo yeah. and dubuque kind of like halfway between yeah 
Yeah, I heard. I have one of my good friends from college is actually from there. So I know oh, where Manchester really? is. Yeah. Oh, well, nobody knows where Manchester is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know one of my good friends from college actually was from there. So it's funny that you say that. Well, sometimes like people tell me some cities in Iowa that I like, I'm from mm-hmm. Iowa and still there's cities where I'm like, I yeah, I know. Been, but... I know all my cities from watching the weather and like, oh, you know, like yeah. tornado warnings and stuff. I feel like that's how I learned everything. Yeah. So, so you've been in Iowa for a while. How long have you been living in the Coral Iowa City area? Was it since undergraduate? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I came here in the mid nineties and I just never left. Okay. That's so basically. you must know yeah. all the fun things to do in the area. No, What's not your really. favorite? <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I do um love the, you know, Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty yeah. area. It's yeah. definitely fun. And I what couldn't see myself living anywhere else in Iowa at this point. I mean, honestly, I think if I were to live in Iowa, like, long term, um, which mm-hmm. I think, like, I'm leaving to Chicago next year for a couple of years okay. to work, but I anticipate I'll come back. My family's here. Honestly, I think yeah. it's a great place to live, like, to settle yeah. long term. Yeah, it's just a nice, accepting, open community, yeah. and I just, yeah, I really, really appreciate, and I like the size. It's not oh yeah huge, but, um, you know, we have access to a number of things, and Chicago isn't very far away, oh, and yeah. a number of other areas, so, yeah. Yeah, if I were to live in Iowa, I'd live in Des Moines or Iowa City. But I think yeah. Iowa City's like, it's smaller, it's nicer. I mm-hmm. think that's what I would say. Um, let's see. What would you What do you like to do for fun? Or what have you liked to do for fun in your past couple of years in Iowa um, City? Well, I like to read and watch TV, travel, <laughs> <laughs> um, spend time with my family. And yeah, I have this like weird love for jigsaw puzzles, apparently that I learned in the pandemic when I didn't have anything yeah. else to do. So I'd like to have a jigsaw puzzle around to um, work on. And that's kind of it. Yeah. What's been your biggest jigsaw puzzle you've done so far? Um, I think I've done the 2000. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have a big enough space for anything larger and that's plenty big. My partner also got into puzzles over the pandemic and yeah. I think I did like one or two with them, but I just, I, I, I can't get on board. I think after a while, I'm just like, after a while, I'm staring at the pieces for so long and I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I found it to be kind of like, um, it's very, I find it to be relaxing. I'm not a person to like sit and like, just like work for hours on Ooh, end, but I yeah. just like to kind of like have it there and then I'll a couple pieces and it just kind of distracts me for a little bit so it's like a stress relief okay yeah I can do that but yeah no, my partner's kind I'm of person who com- just sits there for hours oh really yeah yeah I can't do that I'm not a competitive jigsaw or jigsaw yeah. puzzler what the word is but, <laughs> yeah what kind of shows do you like to watch gosh I like to watch a little bit of everything I like documentaries I like comedies I like dramas I don't know reality tv what are you currently watching right now well i just finished the great british bake-off oh (laughs) i love that show yes (laughs) i kind of didn't realize it was on netflix and then i discovered it i was like oh this is a fun way to waste a bunch of time um what else have we watched recently oh i think we we are we'll watch yellowstone which another show like Mm. we started watching during the pandemic i've heard that's really Um, good yeah, it's you know a guilty pleasure. I'm going to make it hard, but that's yeah. fine. Um, gosh, what else have I watched recently? I feel like, oh, what's the Dragon Show on HBO? We just watched that season. Oh, is it like the the sequel to like the prequel? Yeah, the Game of Thrones yeah, prequel, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And then I need to start White Lotus. I need to get into that. But yeah, a little bit of everything. I don't know. Those well, are my those are the big ones I've been watching. Well, you sound like my kind of friend because I also just love to watch TV and read. That's it's very chill to me, very relaxing. Yes. Yes. I have the hobbies of a like a, an older, an elderly woman. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel when I go, like when I would go to interviews or like even just like grad school interviews or job yeah. interviews, they'd be like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And I'm just like, I just like to watch TV. <laughs> I love to watch TV. <laughs> I do. I love to watch TV like my whole life, but I just love TV. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. definitely a, a very much a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I definitely have learned to accept it before I try to make up some frivolous yes. cool thing. And now I'm just like, I'm going to be honest. I just love to watch TV. Like, it's very <laughs> relaxing. Like, yes. Yeah. So you don't have to think after the day of thinking, you can just go home and like watch somebody else. Like, yes. I, I totally it. agree with you. So, it's definitely my good, but I do like to read. And so that gives kind of my balance out. I'm not, you know, to make me feel like I'm more intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of um, the genre do you like to read the most? Um, I really just like, you know, literary fiction, historical fiction are probably my two favorites. Um, and then I like to read nonfiction occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. But I just change it up. Have you gotten any good deals? I know like Target has a lot of good deals on books right now. So I always, I use my Kindle and I always okay. get my free books on my Kindle. That's a good idea. What are your favorite foods or things to eat in the area? Do you have any favorite restaurants or things that you like to make? Well, um, I don't go, as you know, I have celiac disease and so I don't mm -hmm. go out to eat often. Yeah. But, um, so I do a lot of cooking at home. Um, and then, um, but if we go out, we like, like Monica's is always a great place to go. Oh, yeah. They have a really large gluten-free menu. So I always tend to like pick the easy things because going out to restaurants can be kind of stressful sometimes, which is yeah. really the opposite of what you want to do when you go to a restaurant. Oh, yeah, definitely. Enjoy yourself. Um, Tin Roots is really good in North Liberty too. So those are probably the two, if we're not getting like takeout from Five Guys or yeah. Punch or something like that, but Otherwise, I really like tacos and um, Mexican and, um, but for drinks, I mean, I love a, my favorite drink of the day is my first cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Do you drink yours plain? Oh, no, I have a little half and half in there. Just, okay. just a, a little just bit. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to yeah, take the edge off, I guess, of the bitterness, but not much. Otherwise, no sugar. Yeah. How, how long have you had celiacs? So I was diagnosed in 2015. Okay. So like seven years. Yeah. 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 How, how did you kind of come to that like diagnosis and conclusion? Have you had been struggling uh, for a while or? Well, I've had some like GI issues and, mm -hmm. um, but I was just at like a regular doctor's appointment and I'd complained about how I was kind of, I was feeling lightheaded yeah and and so um and I was just like really tired and so um my practitioner just did a blood workup and found out I was extremely anemic like uh -huh. very very anemic and um and so there's obviously lots of reasons a person can be anemic yeah. um and then and 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 so they kind of you know went through a checklist and asked me a bunch of questions and um and then 
kind of determined that celiac could be one of the options. I don't have a family history or anything like that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's again, another blood test is the initial screening. And so um, I had that done and it came up positive and then they do an endoscopy and there's a biopsy and that's kind of the final conclusion. So I was very fortunate that I was diagnosed actually very quickly yeah. because it can be kind of a, a disease that people have and it goes undiagnosed for a really long time but I was very fortunate um to get quick a quick diagnosis um and yeah seven years later here I am what what what, what limitations does it put is it just like the gluten tolerance or is there any other things that you have to be aware of kind of when you're going through no it's just it's gluten it's just gluten yeah. so wheat barley and rye I have okay. to avoid them um and and so I'm the only one in my household that has it, my, you know, kids yeah. and are gluten eaters. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but when I cook, I, I cook gluten-free and, oh, yeah. and just have to eat it. Um, as they so, should. <laughs> yeah, as they should. I mean, I'm cooking. <laughs> yeah. If they want to make their stuff, that's fine, but I'm just not gonna, you know. So yeah, it's, it's been an, it's a huge adjustment and it's just, um, it makes certain things more challenging, but, um, I'm pretty adapt at this point for the most part at yeah. knowing what I can and can't eat. And, and I'm very lucky that I do cook because if you didn't cook, it would be so much harder, but oh yeah, I have plenty of options at, at home and, but I don't tend to let other people cook for me very often. So yeah. I mean, I... Travel is a little tricky sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. What has been the hardest transition as far as, I know, obviously, like having to like be more aware, more conscious of where you're eating and things like that. Yeah. But what do you think has been the hardest transition? Um, I think the lack of spontaneity is the hardest adjustment. Mm -hmm. So like, let's go out to dinner. Isn't so easy anymore. Yeah, you can't like, just go anywhere. Yeah. Well, they're always like, where do you want to go? Or where can you go? And so then it's just, or you go on a road trip and it's just like, oh, we're hungry. Let's pull off and get food here we'll just find yeah. whatever in this town. And I can't do that. I have to like, research, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I have to research or I have to pack, you know, ahead. I have to make sure I have food to eat. And so um, my kids always joke with me now because when we fly, I pack like a gallon Ziploc bag of snacks for all of us. And to me, cause I'm always just so worried that I'm not going to yeah. have food in airports or the absolute worst places. I oh, never I can imagine. Food airport it's awful so yeah I don't so eat, I, I don't eat dairy and like even that oh. time. so I, I can't imagine gluten like having that like having to navigate and having like no gluten in things like yeah I can't imagine how that's super hard because everything has dairy yeah. and I can't I ever feel like most a lot of things have gluten yeah well and it's like you know I'm not a super I'm, I did I'm not sensitive so I don't yeah. always know if I you know I don't have obvious side effects but, you know, cross-contamination is a big mm -hmm. thing. It's like, I really shouldn't, you just have to be ridiculously careful. Yeah. It's just, it's just a real pain. What has but been the most, what has been the most surprising food or thing that you found out has gluten that you didn't think would have gluten? Oh my have gosh. Those? Well, I mean, um, that has gluten. That, um, hmm. I think like sauces are the hardest thing. Like mm. I always have to look at sauces, like dressings or, um, 
Yeah, it's things like that. It's like the little, yeah, I can't really say, I just have to read labels all the time. I'm always reading labels. Like I look at something in the store, you know, like, like an ice cream or something. I'm like, oh, this looks so good. And then I'm like, oh, it has gluten in it. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe later. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's just like, even coffee, sometimes you have to be careful with. And it's just everything. I just, so I tend to stick to the same things over and over again. Do you find, do you find that like labeling is usually easy to figure out things have gluten or is it really hard to figure it out um I think it's pretty easy yeah I mean the more ingredients the the harder it is yeah and but I think it's I mean but I've been doing it for like a long time now and so I feel like I have yeah. yeah I feel like I have just a little bit higher comfort level and sometimes because I just intuitively know like I can't yeah I'm not even gonna look I know yeah like you know there's some obvious things and I'm sure you probably have that too with dairy like there's just certain keywords or things and you're like, like yeah that's not happening no. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I get it yeah. not maybe yeah. not the same but I definitely I get well, that I think you probably yeah. do get it well <laughs> I think people that have like a dietary restriction of any kind you kind yeah. of are like with your people and you can you just have a, a more of an understanding about yeah. things like that so like social eating things like at work and stuff I usually just don't eat like yeah. I don't I don't expect to necessarily I don't expect to be accommodated yeah I just choose not to eat I mean yeah especially it's hard with like potlucks and things like you never know yeah, what people I, put in and like yeah so I just you know and, and I'm not trying to be offensive yeah <laughs> just it's just kind of like the path of least resistance kind of thing yeah that's how I feel some better people sometimes people will bring me like treats or stuff or like yeah I, they'll be so kind and I'm like I'm not gonna be like no thanks I always just like I'll take it and just set it to the side but like, I'll just eat it later yeah <laughs> that's usually yeah. You just kind of, yeah yeah you find little ways of just kind of dealing with situations yeah yeah definitely yeah except um, with like the closest people I'll be like what are you talking about I can't eat that it's poison <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's definitely what I do like with my partner my close friends like they'll be like let's go to crumble things like that and I'll be like I can't eat that but I mean okay I mean I'll, I'll go with you <laughs> yeah are you trying to kill me or something yeah <sighs> okay let's see let's try to get into some hard que- okay. as you said hard questions, hard questions. <laughs> um I don't have good answers for let's see when I know when have when would you say was your happiest moment have felt the happiest or maybe <laughs> just a time when you remember feeling very happy um I feel really happy um when I'm doing like new things with my kids like new experiences new experiences for all of us specifically mm-hmm. or um I think I think happy, happy and pride are similar kind of emotions. So I think too, when I see my kids like, um, find success, they're overcoming obstacle and like, you know, I find joy in their joy. I would say those are probably my happiest moments. Okay. Yeah. That's a good answer. I like that one. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. That was hard. (laughs) How many kids do you have? I have two. Okay. I have a 16 year old boy and I'm an 11 year old girl. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. What is some advice you wish everyone would get, either that you've gotten yourself that you want to pass oh. on or just things that you've learned? Well, 
I think um, try to find the positive in everything. Did you hear me? Wait, can you repeat that? I accidentally plugged myself. <laughs> um, try to find the positive in everything. I think there's always a silver lining and it's okay. just really important to try to find it. Okay. I just think it's really important, you know, and just laugh, try to, to laugh, especially at work. Cause sometimes what we do is hard. It's dry. It's not always, but it's always important to laugh. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's something, uh, I love to laugh. I love to just find the funny moments and everything. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes even when it might not be the most appropriate, I'm not going to lie. I'm always the person sitting there trying not to laugh. <laughs> um, but I think that's going to be the biggest thing, especially in healthcare, where thinking something can be either really dry and boring or can either be very just like depressing, negative and depressing. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's important to be that person that maybe brings the light back in times when everybody else. I think cannot. so. I think so. I mean, yeah, there's always, and there's always, there's always something to like laugh about, even if you're yeah. laughing at yourself and the ridiculousness of a situation. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think that's just really important. Don't take yourself too seriously kind of thing. Yeah, I'm the king of maybe not taking things as seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, not to an extreme. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, we'll ask maybe two more questions. Okay. Um, if you could choose anyone in the world to be your mentor, who would it be? It can be dead or alive. It doesn't matter. Oh, gosh. I don't know. That seems so hard. That's such <laughs> like a super question. Um, you know, the first person that came to mind was Oprah for some reason. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> why. But she just always seems to be constantly like trying to learn and expand. But yeah. she also just seems like a genuinely kind person who wants to you know leave the world a better place so I think that is a, a good mentor yeah right yeah I would say so oh. yeah and if it's the first person you thought of and your brain must really want Oprah so I really want to make <laughs> Oprah apparently <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least is there anything else you'd like to share with the team at all about yourself just any message you want to send or anything um I don't, I don't think so. I think you, you hit all the um, highlights. Um, if there's any other celiacs out there, please introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, it would be the one thing. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I, I love to, to connect with um, other people. Misery loves company, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, to share some, some good yeah. tips about where to eat and what to eat. And yeah, I don't I think that's it. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. I really appreciated you being here and having this conversation and giving yeah. us the opportunity to learn more about you. I think it's going to sure. be a great highlight of the podcast. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, thank you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Well, that concludes our staff spotlight. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. I really enjoyed not only learning more about Melissa's life, but learning about her experience with CELACs. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation, that perspective of learning from somebody who sees the world a little differently because of this um, diagnosis that she got, having to kind of maybe go to the store and not be able to shop as easily as we can, or not able to travel as easily as we can. I hope that can give us just a little bit of perspective how you know maybe other people may navigate life a little bit and how maybe we can include more inclusive practices um, in our own lives whether that be at work or that be at school sporting events for children or different things like that always think about you know how can I be more inclusive towards people with dairy restrictions gluten restrictions things like that um, so I hope that can be something that you take away from this and also just a great person that Melissa is 
if you want to see what you missed on new news or HSSB The Buzz, please check the last page of the newsletter. And um, we put some highlights in there from the past two months that you may have missed. Um, there's things in there from UI Hospital and Clinic named The Most Wired. Um, we also have, looks like, an Iowa Family Leadership Training is looking for applications um, for families to be able to apply to um, who have children with special needs. Um, we also have some updates on RSV. Um, just I linked the email in there to update you guys about the winter parking lot at HSSB. Just to make sure you guys are updated on that. Um, upcoming events that we have coming up by staff engagement. Um, like we said before, don't forget about the food drive currently happening. Um, but also on Tuesday, December 20th, we're going to have Christmas movie trivia on Zoom from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Again, that's going to be on Zoom. Mitchell McHugh should have sent out that link for all still our participate. So I hope you guys are, able, are there to be able to do some Christmas movie trivia. Um, I think that's it. I also put in some links in there for holidays in downtown Iowa City and holidays in Cedar Rapids, just the events calendar for different cool things happening during the holidays in the area. Um, that's all we have today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Let's Get Personal Finance, a podcast. And until next time, friends, have a great holiday season.